Good morning. Welcome to Breakfast with Kent for Wednesday, October 14th, 2020. Brought to you by the great people at today's dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist I've ever gone to, the only dentist that I've gone to the last 27 years. You are going to love it at today's dentistry. Give them a call today. Take control of your dental health. 317-849-2933. Let's talk about Indiana basketball. It's been a long time. Since we've spoken about Indiana basketball, remember the Big Ten tournament, they played one of the last games to play to completion in college basketball last year as they beat Nebraska. Now it's time to get going again. Media day yesterday, practice begins today. What did we learn from Archie Miller? I don't know. You know, we don't know what the schedule is going to be. We do know what the roster looks like for Indiana basketball. They're going to return a bunch of guys. Rob Finnessy, Al Durham, Jerome Hunter, Joey Brunk, Trace Jackson Davis, third-team preseason All-American. You've got Armand Franklin. You've got uh, other guys. I mean, for God's sake, they've got a lot of guys coming back. And uh, Race Thompson coming back. This, this has a chance to be a good team. Get old, stay old. That's the saying in college basketball in Indiana. Finally, under Archie Miller has a little bit of age underneath it. They've also got some freshmen coming in. You've got Christian Lander, who's going to be a a freshman, reclassed. He would have been a high school senior this year. You've got Anthony Leal. You've got Trey Galloway. uh, You've got Jordan Geronimo. So there you go. You've got talented freshmen. You've got an old core. This really should be the year that Archie Miller and Indiana kind of bear fruit. This is his fourth season. It's time to get going down in Bloomington, right? It, it's time to hold Archie Miller accountable to the projections and to the expectations of a fan base that need to get a little bit more greedy, I think. I, I, I think that Indiana is one of those few programs where I, I think that they'll, you know, uh, 20 wins, 21 wins, go to the NCAA tournament, that's okay. No. You need to covet greatness or you're never going to achieve it, and that's the way it works. We keep making excuses for Indiana basketball. The time to make excuses has stopped. It's time for them to win games. It's time for Indiana basketball players to stop behaving on that Bloomington campus as though they've done something, and it's time for them to actually do something. Hard work is not enough. You've got to succeed. There is a difference between working hard and working hard toward a goal that you have an opportunity to accomplish. And Indiana has got to get there, and it's got to get there quickly. Uh, Archie Miller making more than $3 million a year. Those players being treated like kings on that campus. You know what? Do something first, and then reap the rewards. Uh, we'll see what happens at the, the Maui Classic, which is going to play in Asheville, North Carolina. They take on Providence. You've got the Crossroads Classic. Uh, you've got some things that are kind of in ink in that schedule, but other than that, not a lot known right now. The Big Ten is going to play more conference games than they have in the past, and I think that's a good thing. I think they should play more conference games. I would like to see the Big Ten. 14 teams in the Big Ten, I'd like to see 26 conference games. I'd like to see them play every team in the Big Ten twice, home and home. I think that would be a good thing for college basketball. I don't need to see Indiana play Coastal Carolina or uh, Houston Baptist 
or North Texas State or any of these at North Florida. I don't need any of that. I understand the economic necessity for those smaller schools and those smaller programs to go get paychecks in order to play in Bloomington or in East Lansing or in Gainesville or wherever, wherever the hell they choose to play in front of a lot of people and go get money for doing it. But that's not my business. My business is not the survival of these underfunded teams, these underfunded programs. First of all, why are they underfunded, right? D3 programs, they survive just fine. Look at D2 program like Marion University. Scott Hetty's the head coach. What do they do that these Division I teams can't do in order to stay solvent? I don't know, but I don't want to watch Indiana play those games anymore. I want to watch Indiana play real games against real basketball programs. And if they're going to play games outside the Big Ten, I'd like to see a home-and-home with Louisville. I'd like to see a home-and-home with Kentucky. Kentucky doesn't like playing home-and-homes. They don't like being on opposing campuses, which is absolutely stupid and ridiculous. And somebody at Kentucky ought to give John Calipari a smack in the head and say, what the hell are you talking about? We are a college basketball program. So we're going to play on college campuses. This is the way it works. I don't understand why that conversation doesn't happen. I guess John Calipari being the, the highest paid uh, state employee in Kentucky, he gets to call the shots wherever he's at. I, I don't like it. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts, or I'm going to get pissed off at all kinds of things. You bring up John Calipari at 8 o'clock in the morning, and my, the top of my head explodes. That's just the way it is. Uh, Colts play the Bengals this weekend, uh, Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock at Lucas Oil Stadium. 12,500 fans are going to be allowed to watch that game, and the Colts should win it. Here's what's going to happen. I, 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 I've written about this, and I'll write about it again today. But what's going to happen for the Colts is this. Right now, they're 3-2, and two, having lost over the weekend at Cleveland because Philip Rivers throws it to the other guys, which is exactly what we expected Philip Rivers to do in approximately six games this season, and he's run on pace to do exactly that. All right, they're going to beat the Bengals. They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites, by the way. I'd stay away from that line. I really like the Colts winning this thing by seven, one way or another. 24-17, something like that. And that depends upon Anthony Costanzo and uh, Darius Leonard playing. Both guys are questionable. If they both play, I love the Colts in this game, winning the game outright. But a seven-game spread, or a seven-point spread, seven and a half, really makes me nervous. Um, so Rivers, a lot of people upset with Rivers this week, and rightly so, because he personally is responsible for two, these two losses. Colts are good enough right now to be 5-0. and They're not because Rivers threw the ball to other guys. And, and so this weekend, Colts are going to win. They're going to go to 4-2. and two. And then the following weekend, they're going to play the Lions, and they're going to win that game because the Lions are terrible. At 5-2, and two, all this pressure on Rivers and on the Colts is going to deflate. And you can see the pressure. On Monday with Frank Reich talking to the media, yesterday with Nick Sirianni talking to the media, Nick Sirianni looks like he hadn't slept in about 72 hours. Anyway... All that pressure is going to deflate. They're going to be 5-2, and two, and everybody's going to be thrilled. And then November is going to come. November 8th, the Colts play against the Ravens. Then they play against the Titans, who beat the brakes off the Bills last night. Then they're going to play 
against the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. And then they're going to play the Titans again, and all of a sudden you're going to feel really, really good at that point if you're 6-5. and five. You could be 5-6. and six. The Colts are not good enough to win a whole bunch of those games. Phillip Rivers is not good enough to lead the Colts to win a bunch of those games. And so, all of a sudden, the pressure is then going to be ratcheted up, and this is going to be a grotesque December in, in Indianapolis as we, uh, we come to expect that the Colts are going to compete. We were told during the offseason that Phillip Rivers was really the missing piece for the Colts. That's not the case. He isn't the missing piece. Anybody who thought he was the missing piece when they got him, anybody who thought he was anything more than a marginal upgrade over Jacoby Brissett was living in a dream world. That's where the Colts are. They've got to find a franchise quarterback. Phillip Rivers is not that guy. Anybody who thought that he was was absolutely out of their minds. Anyway, this is going to get miserable. For Colts fans, for the Indianapolis Colts, by the end of this season, nobody's going to be happy about nothing. And that's too bad because this thing, I think, is being built right. But you've got to have a franchise quarterback. You've got to go get that. And if you can get that, if you can, if you can land on one of these guys who's going to be a top 10, top 8 guy in the NFL, this team's built to win. But getting that guy is tough. That All 32 teams want a guy like that. Only about six to eight get a guy like that. It's really hard. We'll see if Chris Ballard's able to do it. Uh, Stan Van Gundy and Ty Lue are finalists for the New Orleans Pelicans job. I don't know why Ty Lue isn't a finalist for the Pacers job. I think it's interesting. Not that it's necessarily bad for the Pacers that he's not. But he is a finalist with the Clippers. He's a finalist with the Pelicans. He's a finalist all over the place. And Stan Van Gundy kind of all of a sudden emerging as a finalist in New Orleans is interesting, too. I would assume that this week the Indiana Pacers are going to interview uh, personally Dan Craig, the assistant from the Miami Heat, and Chris Quinn, another assistant from the Miami Heat, and kind of tie this thing up and maybe next week announce who they're going to hire as a head coach. There's no hurry, Murray. It doesn't really matter when they do it. Camp isn't going to start for a while. The new coach isn't going uh, to have a lot of stuff to do immediately. He's going to have to fill a staff, uh, Dan Craig, according to Scott Agnes uh, of Fieldhouse Files. Said, uh, Scott says that Dan Craig's a goner, that he's going to do something else. He's been here for over 20 years as an assistant coach. Dan Craig will be missed. I like Dan Craig a lot. Great guy to talk to. Great basketball lifer type guy. Loves being in the gym. I enjoy him. Popeye Jones may be a goner. Bill Baino, according to Scott, is the uh, the assistant who may remain here with the team. Jim Boylan, I think, is a candidate, depending on who the head coach is, to come in as like an assistant head coach and, uh, and be part of that staff. He retained his residence here in Indianapolis uh, as he was the head coach for the uh, Chicago Bulls. Um, so that's easy. You don't have to pay the moving expenses. The, the Simons... The mall business isn't great right now, so saving on moving expenses for the assistant coaches, that's a good thing. That's a nice, Kevin Pritchard gets to say, hey, and Boylan, we don't even have to move here because Boylan already lives here. Isn't that going to be nice for Herb and uh, Steve Simon to, uh, to know? 
anyway, hopefully this thing gets done. We get this wrapped up and uh, uh, we learn who the new head coach of the Pacers is going to be. I think Dan Craig. I think that's a pretty good pick. I think Darvin Ham would be a pretty good pick too. Uh, but uh, let's be honest. What the hell's the difference, right? You know, it doesn't matter who. Look, how many head coaches have the Pacers had? And they've really had the same level of success year after year or three year or four year era after three or four year era. That's the way it goes. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are on the precipice of going to the World Series, despite the fact that they had the last ranked payroll in Major League Baseball last year and the 28th ranked payroll in Major League Baseball this year. They are doing it despite not spending money. And you can bet that the owners of teams like the Yankees and and the Cubs and the Red Sox who spend, how about the Mets? The Mets talk about spending a lot and getting a little. There are a lot of, of Major League Baseball franchises who are overspending and getting under delivery from that roster. The Rays, nay, nay. They are getting bang for their buck in a way that has got to be really interesting for these owners. Uh, they're up 3-0 in their series against the Houston Astros. The Braves went up 2-0 in their series uh, against the Dodgers. Looks like the Braves and the Rays likely to play in the World Series. Who the hell is going to watch that? Like, you've got to be a crazy-ass Rays fan or from Atlanta to give a damn whatsoever about that World Series. There's no sexy, you know, usually you got something. You know, hey, I want to see this team play against that or this pitcher go up against that hitter. You got those kinds of things. In this series, like, if you can name, if your name's not Rick Venturi and you can name five players for the Rays, good for you. You win the prize. How many can you name from the Braves? If you can name more than five, you are an absolute diehard baseball fan unless you live in Fulton County. All right, let's celebrate some birthdays. The great Don Hurd celebrating a birthday. Uh, Mike Spagnola, happy birthday. Dan Pearson, happy birthday. The great Julie Wilder celebrating a birthday. Happy birthday to Julie. Don Kay celebrating a birthday. Greg Hahn, Lucy Tishak, happy birthday. Eric Gordon Sr., Happy birthday. Eric Gordon Sr. did a hell of a job of raising three kids to play basketball at a really high level and be really good kids. Uh, Wendy Paulson celebrating a birthday. Happy birthday to Wendy and Scott McElroy. Happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best uh, done with an honest and specific compliment. All you have to do is be nice to somebody. People are wigged out, right? You talk to people on the phone or talk to people personally. Half of them are very, very cool with what's going on in terms of COVID and uncertainty in the world. And the other half are like bugging. And and so these people are bugging. How about instead of saying, you know, these people are whack. They're crazy. How about if we put our arms around them while keeping responsible social distance and wearing a mask, putting our arms around them, and trying to welcome them back into society in a way that, you know, doesn't make them afraid that at some point they're going to catch a disease or that, you know, a president of the United States is going to say something to agitate and infuriate them. Let's just be nice to each other. Let's do that, can we? Hey, today, by the way, we'll talk to the great Philip Rivers 
on Inside Indiana Sports Now. I can't wait to talk to Philip Rivers. Always good. You know what? This is hard for Philip Rivers, for sure. But Philip Rivers shows up, talks to the media, and provides really interesting insight every single week, every single Wednesday. So we're going to do that today, and I can't wait.